Welcome to the LA Interiors Podcast with your hosts, Laura and Anthony. The podcast where we discuss property, interiors, home decor, and so much more. Hello and welcome back to LA Interiors. You're with myself and Laura and on this week's episode, we'll be discussing the kitchen and dining room spaces in your new home. We also just want to say a massive thank you to Jules Call, who collaborated with us on our competition this week, and a big thanks to everyone who entered as well. So yes, last week we really discussed so much about the living room, which was lots of fun talking all about colours and soft burnishings. And I guess then this week, just continuing that theme of downstairs in your house, the kitchen area is almost the space that you need to get right immediately because you've got to eat in there, you've got to cook, you've got to just get all your food and everything moving. So that is really one of the most crucial spaces in the home. And I think when you get in layout wise, you don't always have a lot of choice with regards to personalization. So being able to put your own stamp on it can be a little bit difficult, but I guess we've definitely been able to put our own flavor into our own kitchens over time. And hopefully some of our learnings from that will help other people if they're going to be moving in soon or if they're still not sure what to do with their kitchen spaces. Yeah, I think colour scheme comes down to a lot of it. Like we said last week, it can really transform the space. Yeah, for sure. I think having complementary colours throughout the downstairs of the house is probably a good call. Like you don't want to be walking from a really light room into an extremely dark room, like real shocking contrast. But normally, especially in a lot of new builds, there's a lot of open plan living, you know, dining and kitchen areas tend to be the one room now, whereas traditionally people would have had completely separate dining spaces, which I am kind of here for, but I do like the open plan. So yeah, I think the colour, like you say, is so crucial. So you've talked a lot about neutrals and light tones and everything, and you've brought that through to the kitchen too, yeah? Yeah, I kept the paint colour neutral in the kitchen, but I've brought the colour and personality in through the furniture and it happened a bit by accident. So I didn't plan on having so much pink in the kitchen, but it just kind of worked that way. So my kitchen units are a light grey and I have marble countertops. So I thought maybe grey dining chairs might work nice against it. And I happened to find a set I loved. And then I had a dilemma because they came in a gorgeous pink velvet as well. So I was back and forth for ages because I loved the pink. I'm just drawn to it. But I thought it might be a bit OTT having four or six dining chairs all in the same colour. So then I came across the stools that matched. So that solved the problem. I put the two pink stools at the island and got the four grey chairs um, at the dining table. And because they're the exact same style, it ties together really nicely. And then it just set a nice colour scheme for the room that I, I was able to work my accessories around. Yeah. No, I know exactly what you mean, because sometimes a purchase can be the catalyst for your whole colour scheme. And when we were planning to move into the house, I was really all about blues at the time, which I still am. It's one of my favorite colors. And 
I think what ended up setting the whole tone in my kitchen, like you were saying, you've seen this style of chair and then it all just sort of fell into place. Mm -hmm. For me, it was probably like the appliances. So I ended up buying a baby blue Smeg uh, toaster and kettle. And I remember at the time, you know, you're planning to get into the house. And obviously you can pick up kettles and toasters for like 20 quid. But I was just so married to this idea in my mind that I wanted the Smeg kettle and toaster. So I had to have them. And yeah, I just loved that color, got them. And then everything in the space kind of started to get built around them. And similar to you, I think it's a very similar now kitchen wise in a lot of new builds. There is a lot of marble, a lot of neutral colors. I've got the pale gray on a lot of the presses, but then on the wall with the fridge built in and the cooker and microwave, or I shouldn't say the cooker, really the oven and the microwave. That's a darker gray. So it all ties together then with the flooring and the blue worked nicely with that. Like it works well against the marble, works well against the grays. And I was really kind of happy with that. But from a layout perspective, one of the big pluses, I suppose, of getting the new build as opposed to an older home is everything is in the kitchen. So no big expenses on fridges, freezers, you know, microwaves, hobs, everything tends to already be in. But then that does limit you on where certain things can go. Like, is would you felt there's a lot of options in your kitchen dining space with how you could have laid it out? No. Now, I did make a few minor amends. Like, I got my bin installed as an integrated bin, and I had to pay a bit extra for that. And I'd say the kitchen company would have done edits where I asked for them, but I was happy enough with how things were laid out overall. I think it depends on the development as well, because I know of other people who've been able to choose their whole kitchen and colours and worktops and everything. So I think it's down to the individual developments. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And you do hear of people having a lot more scope for choice. Like I was saying before, we had no, it was very much like this will be the house you're getting. And we didn't even have a show house to go off. So I was so pleasantly surprised with the kitchen. Like I probably would have picked the kitchen to be that way, to be honest. Yeah. So that was a great pro, but it does limit you. You're unsure then of what you can kind of do with it. Like I think when we originally seen the plans, it didn't have an island in the kitchen. It had like a bar, a breakfast bar at the end. Now the island works so much better in the space. So it was great that they amended it. But little things like it was great that you could get the bin in. I remember we got the bin installed afterwards as well. Like I could not recommend that more. It's so handy. But we found out off the foreman on site who had done the kitchens. And then Alan went to the supplier directly and got the bin and installed it himself. So I do think for people getting ready to move in like start asking the foreman on site what kind of amends you can make in advance because once you're in and the kitchen is done it's harder than to edit yeah and ask earlier than you think you need to ask because I remember inquiring with the foreman he put me in touch with the kitchen company and I thought because I was contacting them about nine months out and I Mm. thought I was being a crazy person and he said oh you're just in time because we're moving on to your section of houses soon so it's never too early oh completely like so yeah then getting in you know the layout is what it is you kind of have to make it work in fairness oftentimes it's been done to optimize the space so while on a personal level you might have laid it out slightly different the way 
they've done it will probably give you the most space. And when you were getting in there, what was your process for the kitchen? Were you thinking, I'm going to focus on the dining table or I'm going to get all my small appliances first? I feel the kitchen is an easy one to buy for in advance. Yeah, I think I was saying on one of the earlier episodes, it was the room that was nearly unpacked first and I had all the basics because I had been picking stuff up in the months prior so like you I got my appliances I actually lied earlier because they are pink so obviously pink was in my head before the furniture I got the little DeLonghi kettle and toaster I think in the sale at Christmas the year before I moved in they were ready to go I had the table and the chairs all ready so they were all held for me by the various brands I bought from and they were delivered like the next day after moving in so it was great to be that organized I had my light spot as well so we'll probably come on to lighting next they were a purchase again six months before coming into the house and it was a case of seeing them in a really random place I think it was in Folkestone in Dundrum and they don't typically sell lights but they happen to have Mm. these anyway and I just loved the look of them so they're kind of like the big globe balls with the brass gold details and a chain link on them so they hang above the island so I just thought they'd be lovely so I had them for ages and then the longer I had them the more I was thinking are they actually going to work in the space are they going to be too heavy I got very caught up on mixing metals so all my kitchen handles are silver the island tap and sink and all is stainless steel and I started saying oh can I put gold above silver will it work And these are the things, the motions you kind of go through. But I think once I was in the space then, they looked great above it. And now I've introduced way more gold accents and it just warms up the whole space. And it doesn't matter mixing the silver and gold. No, I think it works. And it is, it's definitely one of those things that I've gotten really stressed about mixing metals. But I think a lot of new homes now, they do tend to have stainless steel built in. So If you are keen on copper and gold and everything, you don't have to worry about getting your taps replaced. Like that's all very extreme because especially against light palettes like marble and white kitchens, the mixed metals work quite nicely, I think. Yeah. On the color schemes then, I know you added your gorgeous backsplash. Was that something you had in mind the whole time? Um, So my backsplash was just plain. The worktop came up a slight bit with the tile just like a little border at the end but I definitely needed something on the wall behind the hob so initially I was looking at tiles I was thinking maybe a subway tile but then I started looking into this glass splashback so my parents actually have one in their house and it's just glass but it can be dyed any color under the sun so I got that done quite soon after moving in they came out to measure up and brought a massive color chart too much choice again for me (laughs) but um, it was great to have that in the space and to be able to hold it up like against the cupboards and the appliances that were going to go in front of it so I ended up going with a very pale blush it's it's really just a hint of pink but it picks up the gray tones from the cabinets as well and it works really well and it's one of the best things I've done in the whole house actually because it's so easy to keep clean you can just wipe it down any splashes or anything and I just think it'll wear really well you know you won't get any dirt like you get into the grout of tiles or that 
um just being the one piece so i'm really happy with that yeah completely i love it and i think the best thing about the way that you've done it is it fits in so seamlessly you'd never think it hadn't been there yeah and the touch of blush and like it's such a neutral color but it's really warm and it just adds something so nice to your whole kitchen i think yeah when you see the before and after together it does it makes such a difference and on the appliance piece that's another one that people should probably ever think about when they're getting in because I know one of our neighbors replaced their induction hob with a gas hob which I do think is like peak kitchen having an electric oven and a gas hob that's the best of both worlds in my mind Mm -hmm. and I think that's something they had to do themselves after they got in but again you could probably get that done in advance you might have to pay a little bit more for it but at least it would be completely finished then when you went in yeah it's always worth asking the questions completely and you do have to add like I think this is the biggest investment you'll probably ever make in your entire life so don't feel like you have to tiptoe around you're buying your dream home potentially so make sure it's going to work for you and be the way you want it to be So a lot of the time when you get in because you've got these brand new appliances, the cookers that may have been installed will have come with their own set of pots, especially the induction hobs. And you do need to use very special pots, which I've found that out the hard way very recently. But yeah, we had our own set and I, of course, had bought a set. So I was so annoyed only because you've so many things to be buying. That was one thing I could have waited a while on. So again, ask the question. It might save you a few bob at the start. Did you get pots with yours? No, mine is just the electric hob. I think it's not the induction. So. Oh, very good. I think you're better off with electric because the induction, very randomly, my mom has this really old pot that we used to make Christmas puddings in. And I was like, I can't use that now down in the house because that definitely won't work on the induction. And it's years old and it does work on the induction. And then just before this Christmas, I was making Christmas puddings and I went to Woody's to get a second one and bought an induction pot. Like it very specifically said on the wrapper that it was for an induction hob, brought it back and it just would not work. Oh, that's so stressful. So annoying. And like the drive to and back, I was like, I'm not going back to Woody's again. I just cannot go through. Yeah, no. So yeah, buy the right pots. But did the old one work? Yeah, the old one works. So you I actually gave the old school stuff sometimes. <laughs> no, completely. I gave my mom the brand new pot and I was like, I'm taking this really old pot because it's the only thing that will work. <laughs> so yes, the induction is a bit of a pain from that perspective. But on the kind of utility side of things, the utility room itself, what was the layout of yours like when you got in? Mine is small. So it has the heating system in there and then obviously the space for your dryer and washing machine. And then there was sort of a fake press on the bottom, which has the water pump inside of it. So I'm actually working on the utility at the minute. I want to get a couple of shelves put up just so I can put baskets and get a bit more storage in there. Ran the same floor and everything through. So the flow is nice, but I am kind of researching storage options. You need to just maximize every inch of space when it's a small room. Yeah, definitely. And I feel as well with utility, it is the dumping ground. It's the place where you put stuff that you just don't want to see. So from a storage perspective, it does need to be very functional. 
ours has this really similar layout to yours. It has, you know, the countertop, which is good because you can store stuff on top of it, but then it's out and it's cluttered. And then the space for the machine, the dryer and the press because the pump is in it. We've only got really two little half shelves. We were in a while and we bought like just a big board in Woody's, painted it white and popped that shelf up. And then we put a pole underneath it so you can hang a few bits while you're ironing. But I think we're going to graduate from that soon. What I really would love to do is to get someone in to build a unit because there's just so much wasted space. And I hate having like the ironing board out, the mop and everything. I don't mind the hoover because it's hanging on the wall, but the other bits, they're just annoying me. And now with the dog and the dog bed and everything, I... I'm driven mad in that room. So yeah, the goal would be to get someone in, but the shelves will keep you going. They've done us well. Like getting a couple of shelves in to start with will really help. Yeah, just to get things off the worktop because I had to clean it out this morning and even walking in there now, it just makes my mind feel better because it was so cluttered. Like you're right, it's a dumping ground. Everything ends up in there and you close the door. It's like my Monica closet. Oh, fully. But that's probably another thing that you could ask the developers about in advance. Like oftentimes some developers are very flexible and they want to make it work for the homeowner. And, you know, if you need to put a little bit more budget towards it to get things personalized, I would definitely take advantage of it if you have the budget to do it because you'll be so thankful in the long run. So that's a lot of the layout and I suppose the structure of your kitchen area. But on to the personal approaches. I know we've talked a bit now about your color scheme. And I mentioned how I picked up the couple of blue appliances. That sort of set the tone. Then for me, I ended up buying, you know, canisters for tea and coffee and stuff in the same color and a bread bin and a kitchen towel holder. I got all of those pieces. They're like, I think the brand is Swan and they do kind of retro feel stuff. They ended up being the exact same color as the smeg kettle and toaster like freakishly identical so that was oh my god it was amazing because they looked darker online and i was like ah they're close enough but they arrived and they're bang on i was like this is perfect so if anybody is buying a smeg in either blue pink or cream swan do their ranges in those colors and i'd say they all match picked other bits up as I've gone you know some nice little soft furnishings and everything I think anything you're putting into the kitchen space particularly it does need to be quite durable and Mm. you know be able to last because there's a lot of water flying everywhere especially I've been washing the dog in the kitchen sink I'm gonna move him to the bath soon because he's getting bigger but like the splashing the water everywhere like you just need things that will be durable and for me with the smeg kettle and toaster i know a lot of people probably think oh that's just too expensive for basic items but in the apartment we lived in before we went through kettles like nobody's business you'd just be popping into you know argos and getting the cheapest one in the catalog for like 10 15 euro just to have something and they work they're grand they'll keep you going but they never last they only last a few months and the smeg stuff i've had for The whole time we've been in the house, so over three years, and it's still perfect. Yeah, it's definitely worth investing. I went with the DeLonghi Argento set, and they're great if you're into the softer tones because they come in the kind of pastel colors. So I have Mm. the baby pink, and there's a lovely mint green and like a sky blue, and they're sort of a mid-range. I think I got the two for 100 euro. They're always on sale or offer. So yeah, I love them too. And they're kind of... They're not too expensive, but they're not the cheap one you pick up either. So should be a good while out of them. 
Oh, yeah, I'd say you will. And what I love about all the pieces that you have in the kitchen, because I know you're saying pink, but they're so subtly pink. It's mm. just nice warmth against the gray. And it's not like you've gotten a luminous pink things. And I mean, if that's your vibe, go for it. But I love what you've worked with in there. Yeah, it's nice and tonal. And then like I got my canisters in TK Maxx. I've got loads of my kitchen stuff in there. I think I was in TK Maxx three or four times over the first couple of weeks and yeah it's just great for finding the bits when you do have a color scheme in mind you'll always find things to complement it so I got the gray canisters there and they just work really well against the cabinets like you were saying I was just lucky to get a good match yeah I think another good thing with kitchens is gifts in advance. People tend to Mm. buy kitchen stuff because they just it's an easy thing to pick up it is things that people always need like I had a lovely crystal bowl that we'd gotten and I at the start I was like I'll use that as a fruit bowl and I'll see how I go and I'm still using it like it's perfect and my auntie who bought that for me then also bought me like kind of a matching cake stand and I was looking for one of them for ages so yeah you can mix styles I feel because the appliances I have do have a bit of a retro feel but the kitchen is very modern and then the crystal adds another texture but it all works because it's such a clean space and like you I've kept it white did toy around with the idea of colors but the way mine is laid out kitchen is longer than wider and then it flows into the dining space so in the dining area then I've got a really dark blue wall so it ties in nicely but there is a point of separation yeah it's a lovely contrast yeah and I think that was one of the things because I do kind of like older homes and for me I'd always thought actually I'd love to have a separate dining room as opposed to the open plan so Once we got in, I was very conscious of how can we make that feel like a separate space. And obviously you've got the break in the flooring because we had the tiles and then we were putting wood in the dining area. So you've got that natural break anyway with the strip on the floor. And then using that strip as kind of a guide for the eye, we painted, this was difficult to do, obviously had to do it with tape, but like a very straight line to go from the white into the dark blue. So you feel like you're in a different room, but it all flows together quite nicely. Yeah. And I thought that was a good compromise when you want the separation, but you physically can't have it. So yeah, that worked quite well for us. And on the dining, I know we have the same table. Which yeah, I totally copied you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, we. it was one of those funny things. I remember when we were shopping together and you were looking at tables and we came across the table and I remember afterwards you were like, I can't find a table that I like as much as it. And I was like, just get it. Like, but yeah, I think even how we've done them is totally like we've completely different chairs and it actually, because it has a marble effect, your table actually looks quite different to mine because they're different. They're never going to be the same exact pattern. And I think they pick up the tones in the room as well. So I feel like mine has the warm tones coming out of it. I don't know how, but it just, there's almost like a neutrally tone coming off. Yeah. You no. chairs, so yours feels a bit cooler. Yeah. No, I completely agree. I remember being over in your house and looking at the table and I was like, this looks warm. Like this doesn't look, and it was, I was like, this is great because this is, goes with Laura's color scheme, whereas mine does look cooler. But I think you're right. It's actually just the marble picking up on the colors around it. But I think that's a really good show of how things can be styled differently. Yeah. And for us, like you say, we have the baby blue velvety chairs, which 
they were with the table in Harvey Norman and I just loved them. And it made sense to me because I bought the blue stuff. It all, I felt like it yeah, just was perfect. meant, it was meant to be like, now they're getting harder and harder to keep because they are so pale. I'd say I'll swap them out eventually, but there's nothing wrong with them for the moment. And I do get these notions on me where I'm like, I'm getting new chair, but then I have to stop myself. So that's one of the things I do still love them. So I'd say I'll get a few more years out of them. Yeah, you can reupholster them. You know, you don't have to go and buy a whole new set. Just change the fabric and that can completely transform them. Yeah, that's so true. And it's much more cost effective than Mm -hmm. buying brand new chairs, especially when you have quality chairs and good pieces of furniture. Yeah, and when you like the shape and style, you know. Yeah, definitely. And I know that they work well with the table and everything. So that's a really good point. I could probably do that. I'd love the idea of having two you know, having the four around the side, one color, and then having the two at the heads of the table, a slightly different color. Yeah. And I know you're kind of toying with different layouts at the moment on the table. Where are you at with that? Yeah. So I only bought four chairs at the beginning because I hadn't quite decided on the layout. In the show house, the way the dining table is sort of in a corner. So they had an L-shape bench built in and then just three chairs I think two on one side and one at the head but I thought it looked nice but I just didn't think it would work long term for me because you're kind of stuck then to that setup whereas what I'm thinking now is maybe one bench so you'll still have your four chairs around the table and then you can push it in or take it out with the bench so that's one option or else leave the four and just get another two chairs in a contrasting color or style to go either end it's hard trying to find the benches I did come across one recently but when I went to buy it it was out of stock which I hate when that happens I had planned it all what I was going to dress it with and everything but (laughs) the search continues but again that's just classic me I will go without until I find what I love so there's no rush yeah oh my god you're so right though like you need to really make sure it matches the vision you've had in your mind for the space. So yeah, no, don't rush and buy something that you know in your hard hearts isn't right. Because they're and, expensive as well, so you don't want to make mistakes. Oh, for sure. They are. It is an expensive piece of furniture. And you were really, lo- I mean, you were so well prepared with the dining area. I don't know if you remember the table saga and I was waiting almost three months for it. Mm. And I know we've talked about learning about lead-in times for furniture and all that type of thing. I mean, which is great to know now, but at the time I didn't know that. And I just wanted to have it in for my birthday. I, I ended up actually getting the one off the shop floor, which is something that you can also ask furniture stores about. And yeah, there can be some flexibility there. So I got the one off the shop floor and it was perfect. And I'm so happy I got it because I had it just in the nick of time for when I needed it. With dining furniture, I suppose, in general, it is quite an investment. They are an expensive piece. And something I know you are well aware of with the table that we both have is the surface is so difficult to keep. So I think as we talked about with big piece of furniture for your living room last week and that type of thing, it is important to remember who's going to be using the table, you know, Are you going to use it for just formal dining or is it going to be your day-to-day table? You know, kids' meals, colouring, painting, all these types of things. 
if that's the case, then I really would advise getting a really durable, easy to clean material like wood or even metal. The marble, because it is real stone on the table that we have, so difficult to keep. You can also obviously get the composite Mm. marble, which is very easy to clean. But yeah, the table has my heart broken, like we're trying to keep the stains out of it. You just don't even see them coming. And we ended up getting a guy in to buff them out. Remember, I was telling you we got this guy and he did this whole professional job on it. And sure, then a couple of months later, someone put a drink down without a coaster and now it's gone. Like, like it's marked again. There's nothing to be done for it. Yeah, even flowers, you have to be careful of petals or filling oh. lilies dropping. Yes, again, learned that the hard way. Now I have the tray in the middle of the table, which is great. And that kind of brings us to like dining table styling and that sort of thing. A lot of people tend to have it set up all the time. I don't because I like to use the table in a functional way. And if you've always got your table formally set, then it becomes more of a feature as opposed to function. Yeah. But I know you love styling up tables and that. Is that something you're enjoying doing with the new dining table? Yeah. I've only kind of been doing it for the bigger occasions or seasons. Yeah. Um, we use the island quite a bit, like the stools there for casually having breakfast and lunch, even yeah, dinner most of the time is at the island. So it's rare to actually sit at the table. The table has become a desk over the last year. Yeah. Or it has for many people. So um yeah, I am working on my home office at the minute, but it's nice to kind of eat at the island because that kind of draws the line between work and downtime but I have a mirrored tray on the center of it and then I'll always have either fresh or faux flowers and a candle um, and I keep a coaster on that tray as well so it's always to hand for the teas and coffees Mm, yeah I'm the same the tray is candle vase coasters and actually the faux flowers is a really good shout for the dining table especially if you do have a sensitive material like real marble Mm. so then I suppose we've talked through your appliances your color your furniture and the other big thing similar to the living room is the lighting so I know you've talked about um your gorgeous pendants over the island was there two kind of outlets for that or did you have to get them installed yeah the outlets were there for the um island so that worked quite well And then there's another one over the main dining table. Now, that is actually one thing that I regret not speaking to the builders and the electricians earlier on because it's it's off center no matter what way you look at it it's not centered on the table and it's not it shouldn't be centered with the island anyway but it should be closer to it so the way it was only when I put up the pendant that I said right it's really off like the light is almost over the head of the table so it's up now but it will need to be moved eventually I don't know why they did it like that it doesn't make any sense but these are the things and you know on snag day or whatever it's just something that you're not it's not on your radar so try and take the advice when you hear it and write this down (laughs) as something to look out for because it's definitely something I um, would have done differently yeah, I mine is the same for some reason. No matter what way we move the dining table, in order to have it perfectly centered over the dining table, I'd have to actually bring the table out so far that it just would look ridiculous. And 
it does occasionally I look at it and I just think oh why is it there and then ours was set up as well so two pendants over the island and then two in the dining space because I do kind of have that living nook off the side of it so I toyed around a lot with the ideas of getting large statement lighting over the dining table but then I just couldn't commit to a style that I was happy was going to work with everything else because it is open plan I was worried it just wouldn't flow and I never seen anything I liked enough so at the start I went to Woody's I feel like I all my anecdotes that have like quick solutions start with I went to Woody's but it's it is great so yeah I went to Woody's and I got just simple pendant shades silver they tie in really nicely with all the silver fixing fixings fittings in the kitchen and then I got two similar in the dining space they're not the exact same but those two in the dining space match and then the two in the kitchen match but together they contrast quite nicely and they work together quite well but yes getting onto the foreman or the developer in advance about that light I don't know why they do that our island ones as well aren't perfectly over the island and you know they're slightly off and again I've thought oh I could get a big feature light there but then I actually couldn't because of the way they've been done they must be perfectly centered in the ceiling or something but it just Mm -hmm. doesn't work with what's on the ground in the room yeah and if you get on the case like it's all fixable eventually but I suppose it's just one of those things that's easier if you can get it done sooner rather than later because obviously if I move this now it's going to have to be filled and painted over on the ceiling so it's a bit more work but you live and learn completely and actually with that that's a really good flag ceiling painting is serious business it's not the same as wall painting it's very difficult we had like a small leak in the upstairs bathroom and we ended up getting a stain on the kitchen ceiling and we just painted over the stain but then you could see the difference so then we painted the entire ceiling and we ended up doing it like three times and it still looks kind of patchy so we're gonna get a professional in to do it but yes those small jobs actually can have massive knock-on effects (laughs) yeah completely so do think about that yeah so with accessories in those spaces do you feel you can seasonally adapt them like you said for the living room yeah definitely it's like we said last week bringing in different color families and different tones and your flowers I think make such a difference I love having fresh flowers in the house and you know coming into spring now there's lots of tulips and bringing the greenery back in but then you can warm it up again later on in the year And you can do lovely things. I'm addicted to Pinterest, as we all know by now. Um, But you can do lovely things with just filling jars and vases and just creating different moods, I think, for different seasons. And it can be done quite cost effectively as well. Yeah, completely. I know with flowers, I'm very much on the same vibe as you. I love getting tulips in spring. And then in summer, I love getting like lilies, like big, bright floral smells and then in winter when you're coming up to Christmas and everything you tend to have Christmas pieces that you can put out so Mm. it completely changes the space like any accessory would in any other room so I think that's probably it any key learnings from your kitchen dining experience that you haven't already touched on that you'd like to share no I don't think so I think the lighting is the main one yeah and just be familiar with your measuring tape I suppose yes for sure 
Yeah, for me, I think it's actually making sure you've got the manuals for everything, all your appliances. When we got in, we had this giant stack of manuals and actually taking the time to read through them because I discovered only last year that the dishwasher had this really fast function that I never knew about. And now it's my favorite thing about the dishwasher. So read the manuals and get familiar with your new appliances. Oh, that's a great idea. Mine are on the top shelf of a very high press. They have not been read. So if I get very bored in lockdown, I'll yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think you do need to reach peak boredom in fairness to actually flick through them for fun. But so I guess that then brings us on to our trend of the week. And this isn't really something that's only trendy right now. It has been happening for a while. But I do think it's kind of ramped up with people more recently, especially with the likes of Poster Store and Decenio and just the availability of online art. So gallery walls or even just prints in your home is pretty much our trend. What's mm. your feelings, Laura? I love it. I have done one in my dining area and it's been a lovely way to bring the kind of pinks and pastel tones from the kitchen into the dining area. I did it with um, Decenio and I love their website because you can actually click into a gallery wall section and they'll tell you what size frames go together. So it really helps visualize it because I think a gallery wall can be quite overwhelming. You know, what's too much or too little or what orientation should the frames be? So I find the Decenio website great for that, just being able to see them in a real space. And it's great that you can get the frames there as well so it all comes ready to go um, one tip is to use the command strips they're so handy because they don't leave any damage on the walls when you take them off so if you're kind of unsure whether it's going to work in a space you can use these to put the pictures up and then if you change your mind in six months and want to take them down and do something else your walls are undamaged so that's what I've done recently and I'm really enjoying it that's a great tip about the command strips I really need to get on that I'm just have nails banged into the walls all over the place like if you take the photos off you don't want to see what's happening back there I completely agree with you on Decenio I only noticed they had the gallery wall feature recently that really simplifies it for people you can just look through at the colors that you like and my actual favorite thing about Decenio is the frames because you can just confidently buy the print and the matching frame and it's going to perfectly fit i do think as well while the larger online stores are brilliant there are loads of fantastic irish artists that you can support and you know there's some great prints that you can buy locally obviously when things reopen but even online there's a lot of great irish artists so you can pick up prints really nicely online and then I agree with you. Getting the layout can be difficult. I did a gallery wall in the hallway last year, kind of before I started shopping on Decenio, which I do shop on all the time. But I ended up getting a few pieces from Jam Art Factory. I think I got a piece from April and the Bear. Like I bought from a few different Irish stores and then trying to find frames to match. It is difficult. It is a bit stressful, but I got a lot of frames in Ikea and they do work. But a tip, I think, for mapping out where to put everything on the wall before you start sticking things up is put them out on the floor and move the format around and then take photo of it when you're finally happy with it and then start getting them up on the wall. So that's my pro tip. 
that's a great tip because when you're actually hanging them you can't you need to stand back and see it as a whole I think so yeah having a picture as a reference or seeing them on the floor is ideal definitely so speaking of Irish artists and retailers that brings us on to our competition yeah we have a gorgeous competition this week with Mindy Browns so they are teaming up with us to offer a collection of mugs so you can pick a print of your choice and also a candle so we will be posting that live on our Instagram after this episode Brilliant. Yes, please do enter. It's great to see everyone entering the competitions and supporting the Irish retailers we've been working with. It's really, really lovely to see. As always, do get in touch. Send us any questions that you might have. We will be having an episode on frequently asked questions coming up later. So please do send them on. We love hearing from you. And that's us for this week. We look forward to chatting. Thank you for listening to the LA Interiors podcast. If you enjoyed it, please do subscribe and leave a review. You can also follow us over on Instagram at la.interiors.ie.